Hello, Covenants. Welcome to the first episode of a two-part series on Mio, the first overall, the first modular space station. Should get that right. What's script. In today's episode, the very first episode of this two-part series, we are going to be talking about the origins, the beginnings of Mio, and also the kind of establishment and construction of it. And in the next episode, which will be coming out in a couple of weeks probably, we'll talk about the operation of it. So, you know, experiments, projects, programs, disasters, that kind of stuff. But, why don't we jump right on into the origins of Mio. The beginning of Mio was in 1976, when on February 17th, the Soviet Union, government, government of the Soviet Union, authorized the construction of an orbital modular station called Mio. At the time we only have it, it ended up becoming called Mio. It was to be an upgraded Salyut station that was to have multiple modules. At first, all of the modules other than the central one were to be based on Soyuz spacecraft. In 1984, though, it was actually paused temporarily so, they, so the Soviet Union could put all of the focus on the Boron program, but it ended up getting cancelled eventually. Before getting cancelled, later that year, Moyo was resumed. The orbital assembly of Mio began on the 19th of February in 1986, 10 years almost exactly after it was first authorized to begin development, design, all of that. Four out of the six modules actually all based on the module obviously followed the exact same protocol for launch and docking and all of that. They would be launched on a Proton K, which should be a cord appeal to my episode on the proton rocket um they will put into orbit once they were in orbit they were then one navu and docked to the forward docking port of the core module they would then a couple of days later would be moved over to the um over to whichever docking port they would be going to um, it depends on much more. Someone went to other ones, other ones didn't. Cavant 1, the actual first expansion module, was a very special case. Well, that module actually didn't have any engines. So, it had no engines, right? So, it, that meant it actually had a small tug that was used to get it to the station. The final module, the docking module, was also a special. Well, actually, that's not really true. This is not really the final module, but it was the last. It was. The, it's actually it's the only module launched that was not by Russia or the Soviet Union. It was a docking module. It was launched and then actually ended up docking to the station on Space Shuttle Atlantis on STS 71. In total, Mio had seven modules. The Mio Core Module, Cavant 1, Cavant 2, Crystal, Spectre, the Docking Module, and Pryroda. The first module launched was the Mio Core Module. It was to kind of be like the base block of the whole station. It was officially in the actual portion, like all that kind of stuff, was called DOS 7. Because keep in mind, it was a special version of a Salyut station. 
It held the main living portals, environmental systems, attitude control, main propulsion, ducking for the other modules, an airlock, and a location for Soyuz slash progress vehicles to dock. After though, a couple months went by, a couple months is an interesting term to use for that, the second module and the first expansion of module for it was launched, and this is the Kavant 1 launch, which I'm about briefly about how because it didn't have any engines. It had two compartments, one of them was pressurized, the other one was not. It had an X-ray telescope, an ultraviolet telescope, a wide angle camera, more attitude control, and life support. Like, other than that, it was basically a normal module, like it, it was kind of a scientific module. Um, it's also actually really small, there should be a picture of it, like up here. The third module launched is the Kavant 2 module. It's basically kind of like a sequel almost to Kavant 1, but it's better. It was the first module, though, to be based on the TKS spacecraft, a picture of which should be right here. It had three compartments, an EVA lock, an insurance cargo compartment, and an insurance experiment compartment. It also carried very important for the station, the Soviet version of the Manned Maneuvering Unit, or MMU, which is the suit used on the Space Shuttle and the International Space Station. This Soviet version of it was called the ICOR. I probably butchered that, but that's what it was called. It also, though, had even more life support and more attitude control. By the way, most of these modules have attitude control. And because, like, the designers of the station wanted universal attitude control on the entirety of the station. Because it would just make it easier to do. Like, most of the modules had thrusters that could be used to rotate the station as well. The fourth module launched, and kind of... One of the, like, the first module launch, other than Mirkoj, that was not a Kavan module, is the Crystal module. It had two compartments, like a bunch of the other ones. It had a material, it had a material processing, astronomical observation, biological experimentation compartment, and the other one was a docking compartment. The docking compartment had two APAS-89 docking ports, which were set up to be used for docking with Bolans, so the space shuttle. Now, if you have not watched um, Everyday Astronauts video on it, of Boron, I don't think I'll recommend watching it. I will probably never make an episode on Boron, because this episode will be much more in-depth and much better than mine. But yeah, um, remember how it went through and how it was getting cancelled. Um, but, so, after it was cancelled though, and shortly after it was cancelled, Boron was cancelled, the Mir Shuttle program became a thing. And for the first couple of dockings, it, the shuttle was actually docking to Crystal, Crystal, because it didn't have anywhere else to dock. Um, it also, Crystal, from the docking ports, had two solar arrays, and a bunch of other stuff that's just kind of, you know, life support, attitude control, all that kind of stuff. The fifth module launched was the Spectral module, and it was actually the first of three modules launched as part of the shuttle meal program. It contained living quarters, nest sponsor experiments, and equipment to remotely observe Earth's atmosphere. It also has solar arrays that generated half of the station's power. That's a lot of power. It ended up, though, actually ending its useful life only into its life 
after it actually sadly had a collision with the Progress M34 spacecraft in 1997. In the next episode we talk about disaster and that kind of stuff, we will actually talk about that collision and how it kind of went that module completely useless because it actually damaged it to the point I want to say they actually had it closed off like straight up like closed the sixth module and one of the final modules launched was the docking module this one was launched aboard Special Atlantis on STS-71 like we said earlier before it was launched before STS-71 Crystal actually had to be moved a bit out of the way so the solar waves on it wouldn't collide with the space shuttle. Because like there should be a picture right here um of what the station looks like with a space shuttle attached to it. Like the space shuttle is giant compared to the station. They really do not want those you know well, it's climbing because that wouldn't be good. The docking module had two APAS 89 docking ports. One of them was to be docked with crystal and the other one would be connected to the shuttle when it was docked, as you could kind of expect. The final module launched of part of me was the Pyroda module, which looks like this. Looks kind of like a giant antenna on it kind of thing. Um, its main purpose was to conduct material experiments. It held experiments from 12 different nations. It had both pressurized and unpressurized components, all to be used for experiments. Like, like this thing's main purpose was experimentation on all kinds of levels. Um, in the next episode, I'm not sure because we to, we will talk about a bunch of like unmodulable systems that the station had. That like, yeah, we'll talk about that. Mew maintained a new circular orbit, just like the International Space Station. It was commonly reboosted by Progress spacecraft. Again, just like the International Space Station. But if a space shuttle was docked to Meal at the time of a reboost, the shuttle would do it because the shuttle's engines were way more better for that than Progress's. Attitude was held by a mixture of 12 gyroscopes and thrusters, like we said earlier. Even though Meal has been out of space and is you know, deorbit it more than a, almost a decade ago now. It is still really important to look into the past to like to learn about the future because you know today we got the International Space Station, which I actually watched pass over my house the other day. <laughs> um, but the ISS part of the ISS is Mio Two, the kind of successor to Mio that. Russia planned to build that ended up becoming half of the International Space Station. And a bunch of stuff we have today, a bunch of records and science going on we have today, would not have happened without Meal. Next episode, we will be talking about how it was operated, like I said earlier. But in the end, I hope you've all enjoyed watching this video. It's the amount I have enjoyed making it. But until next time, this is Joe the Teenage Astronaut, signing off.